All right. So the big question, you know, what would anybody else other than Mr. Trudeau have done in the situation that our leader found himself in? Like, what would, let's say, a Jugmeet Singh had to have sent? Oh, never mind. Never. Let's not use that. Okay. What would, let's say, the conservative leader done if, in fact, it was the conservative side of things going up against a Donald Trump? Who knows? The Bottom line is we're full of unknowns. No one can actually say they know what they would do. And so while today is being looked at as a big win because, again, autos have been spared, I think it's a long run that we have to worry about when it comes to what the real cost will be to Canadians. So Charles said, what would Mr. Andrew Shear have done differently? Let's ask him. He is the leader of the Conservative Party. Andrew Shear joins me now. Mr. Shear, good uh, to have you join us. I know it's been a, a pretty busy day, and I think probably the number one question you've asked is, well, what would you have done differently? But what would you have done differently? Well, I would never have had to be put in a situation where this is a choice. You know, the uh, J- Justin Trudeau volunteered to have Canada be part of the negotiations, and he said that he would do so to get an improvement over NAFTA. And what we see now is that, uh, we've made Canada's made major concessions. Justin Trudeau's backed down on dairy, on auto quotas, on pharmaceutical costs, making Canadians pay more for drugs. We haven't got anything back in return, so it's hard to see how this is an improvement over the NAFTA deal that we already had. Well, I think a lot of people are looking at it and saying, okay, but at least we have stability. But there are a number of sectors, and, you know, you might get a little bit of, of pushback on the dairy position, because I don't think too many Canadians will say, well, we, let, let's save the whole entire uh, dairy industry at the sake of all of Canada. But there are a number of industries that are still going to be very much hurt, being steel and aluminum. Should this deal have been approved with that? And I, I probably know the answer to this. Uh, should this deal, and would you have okayed a deal like this without steel um, and aluminum tariffs still on? Well, I, I think the frustrating thing is that uh, this is uh, the, the the offer that that we're left with. That Justin Trudeau handled these negotiations in such a way that that the choice is his bad deal uh, or nothing. You, you you rightly point out that steel and aluminum tariffs have had a, a very negative impact on Canada's economy. There's a lot of hope that this would be addressed in this deal. It's certainly not there. In fact, uh, timelines could be uh, up up to a year or more to get these resolved. And we hear Donald Trump saying that. The replacement for the tariffs could be quotas, which isn't really uh, much of an improvement. So, you know, we, we've been saying from the get-go that, uh, first of all, you know, Trudeau, we have to remember, Trudeau volunteered Canada to be part of this. And then he started talking about politically correct uh, issues, you know, uh, posturing on on uh, the so-called progressive issues that didn't have anything to do with market access, didn't stay focused on removing tariffs and making sure our goods and services could flow into the U.S. We've, we've been calling on him for months to make Canada's economy stronger so that we'd have a stronger position at the negotiation table. So in the past, you're, you're absolutely right. You know, when, when, when you give up something, when you make a concession, and uh, uh, whether it's dairy or on other things, you expect to get something in return. And so far, all the Liberals can do is count the things that they didn't lose on, that they didn't have to give up even more on, as a success. So it's certainly not a, uh, a great legacy project that Justin Trudeau is leaving Canadians. Okay. And so then what's next? We've got a number, certainly in this listening area, we've got a number of steel companies, given that Ontario is the epicenter of steel in, in Canada, um, that are hemorrhaging 
the loss of business. They have been for months. They're not getting spoken about. They're not making front page news. I think they've been waiting, kind of biting their time, hoping to God that this deal gets done and those tariffs get dropped off. And now they're wondering, okay, but we were promised some kind of stability or uh, for the government to make them whole. And they haven't heard one word about when they're supposed to get any money. Well, exactly. And, you know, the, the, the frustrating thing, and, and I represent a riding in Regina where I've got uh, a major steel plant uh, producing steel for the energy sector, and this is devastating uh, a lot of companies and threatening a lot of jobs. And you're absolutely right. You know, when, when Justin Trudeau put on the countervailing tariffs on U.S. steel, he promised that the funds collected from that would go to those people impacted, those companies, those businesses, and those individuals who are impacted by American steel tariffs so far. Uh, he hasn't done any of that. He's collected a lot of money in revenue, but it hasn't been flowing uh, to the individuals. There's no compensation package that I'm aware of. In the budget in the spring, we called on the government to, to have a plan, a contingency plan, to uh, to address the impacts of trade disruptions. We have $18 billion deficits, and that was before we're talking about a compensation package for dairy or anything that might have to be set aside for steel. So the next step, this needs to be a major focus for the government now. They need to say, okay, well, you know, they failed to get it as part of this deal. We'd like to see their plan for how they get that resolved because this is not sustainable for Canada's steel industry. And so, again, you know, when the Prime Minister is talking about politically correct issues, this this should have been the focus. The, the, The impact on both men and women in the steel industry is profound and, and you can do a lot for the quality of life or opportunities for, for women and for men by making sure that we have good steel jobs in Canada and not tariffs from the U.S. Would you have uh, would you have conceded to the dairy? I mean, that was the one issue. Mr. Trump said he would not have done any deal with dairy on the table. Would you have walked away from it? Well, look, I, I, I don't believe I would have had to be in that position again by having uh, a strong focus on those economic issues and by strengthening your own economy. Uh, you know, we, we're being presented with uh, with the question of, you know, would you take just the deal that Justin Trudeau negotiated? And I, I believe I, I would have done better. I would have had to have taken this deal. In the past, where there have been movements on dairy uh, as part of comprehensive trade deals like with Europe, it's been in order to gain something, you know, so we gain access in other areas or we, 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 we bring in compensation for dairy farmers and then we recognize that we've opened up markets in, in other countries. That's what we did with, with Europe, so that Canadian producers could access new markets. What we've done in this, what Justin Trudeau's done in this case is he's made concessions on dairy and got nothing back in return. The U.S. government subsidizes their dairy production. In fact, a recent study showed that up to 70% of the income for a U.S. dairy producer comes from various farm programs, from floor prices, from marketing systems, from direct subsidies. I ha- we, we've asked the question, did any of that get addressed in these negotiations? Did we give up any market access in exchange for a reduction of U.S. subsidies or a reduction in U.S. programs that help uh, uh, protect their producers? So far, they've been completely silent on that, which tells me that we didn't get anything in return. And that's what's so frustrating. You back down to Donald Trump on a lot of areas, didn't get anything back in return. All right. And so just before I let you go, is there something in the small print that you think is going to uh, start to percolate soon that will show that this deal was not a good one? I mean, because you know that these things take a long time uh, to kind of start to show uh, their weaknesses and or the rewards. Is there something in this particular deal that you think is going to start to rear its uh, head? Well, I, I, I think I think the, the the big top line ones will 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 have that impact on the economy. So, the the the, the big impact on on uh, steel, 
on uh, on aluminum, on uh, on pharmaceuticals. I, I think actually the when you talk about ones that we might not be able to evaluate, right. uh, steel. We, we kind of know what that's doing to the economy. We, we've been dealing with it for a few months, so we have a good understanding. This move on pharmaceuticals, though, this is basically handing over American control over domestic uh, pharmaceutical pricing. This is going to add significantly to the cost of prescription drugs in Canada. That's going to be a huge burden on provincial health care plans and on uh, private sector investment, uh, sorry, uh, insurance plans and on the ability for individual Canadians to pay for their, their medications. This is going to significantly add to the cost. Uh, to the benefit of big American pharmaceutical companies. So, again, you know, a big major concession, and I can't see the correlating gain that we got in exchange for it. That is uh, leader of the Conservative Party, Andrew Scheer. I'm Alex Pearson. This is Global News Radio.